We're going to take a moment to read our scripture this morning, which is out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. And we invite someone at home to read that passage aloud, and so maybe you want to mute your TV or your computer here for a moment as we read through this passage together. I'll be reading aloud for those folks that are here in the sanctuary, as well as those that are listening on the phone this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. Hear the word of the Lord. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am now saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Well, there's a couple questions, uh, but one in particular that I think this uh, passage kind of focuses on and I think is an important question for us to to kind of take a look at right now. And that question is, what does contentment look like? Or what does it mean, what does it look like for us to be satisfied? These are Paul's closing words, and they're part, of, uh, part cultural maneuvering for Paul and, and part deep thankfulness for kingdom co-workers. You know, Paul's thank you in these words may seem a little awkward to us, a little different. Um, in verse 10, he says, at last you renewed your concern for me. So he's thankful that at last the Philippians have uh, taken notice and have stepped forward with this support that he, they have given to him. Now they've had an opportunity to show their concern through this financial gift and through their support. And yet Paul says he is content Whether he has plenty or is in need, he has found the secret of contentment. In verse 14, he says, 
yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. It's kind of strange way of saying thank you. And yet as we take a look at this this morning, would you pray with me? God, I thank you for these words. And I thank you uh, for the gift of contentment. As we take a look at this this morning, I pray that you would be moving in our hearts, moving in our lives, that we may focus on the secret of that contentment, which really isn't that big of a secret for those that are walking in relationship and in faith with you. We thank you and praise you for these words. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, part of the reason that Paul's thank you seems maybe a little bit clunky or awkward to us today is because Paul is trying to um, maneuver in some social conventions that are familiar to him and to the Philippians in his day, but are a little bit different for us living in 2020. In the ancient Roman world, there was a complicated system of patron and clients that often people had to figure out. Patrons were those who were benefactors, who had um, received more honor, maybe because of wealth, maybe because of uh, family status. And clients were people that had benefited from patrons. And so Paul is often trying to maneuver this in his relationship with the churches. And so in uh, Corinthians, for example, Paul points out that he has not received payment. He has not um, benefited from the gifts of the Corinthians. And so Paul here is trying to maneuver this relationship. If a patron gave a gift, something was expected back from the client. That could be uh, other gifts, that could be honor, that could be loyalty given back to the patron. And so Paul is often very cautious uh, in adopting a client role in relationship to the churches that he has ministered to. Paul is trying to do the, the dance of thanking the Philippians, but, but not too much. And actually, culturally speaking, uh, another relationship that Paul is trying to navigate in the ancient world is a friendship relationship, which is um, often uh, made complicated by patron-client privilege. This is all something that was very familiar to the Philippians and very familiar to Paul. It was often uh, very structured in the way that clients and patrons worked together. There was uh, a code for how friendship worked in the ancient world. But these are very different for us living in 2020. Rather, what we might want to focus in on is this theme that has uh, kind of taken place over the last several chapters, and we've heard in the last several weeks of this Philippian series, is the theme of co-workers, of working together for the, for the kingdom of heaven, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We've heard this theme repeated over and over and over. And so Paul here is thankful for these co-workers. Paul's thankful for the financial gift that the Philippians have sent through Epaphroditus. But more than that, he's thankful for the Philippians working with him for the sake of the gospel. 
And so Paul reminds them a little bit of this history that they have together of working with one another. In verse 14, Paul reminds the Philippians that they have shared in Paul's troubles. If you want to know a little bit more about the the trouble that the Philippians have shared with Paul, you go back to read in Acts 16. And so maybe you want to do that this afternoon. Go back and look at Acts 16. Here, Paul is guided by the Spirit, and through a dream, he goes to Macedonia. And Philippi is the leading city in Macedonia. It's here that Paul and his traveling companion, Silas, had freed a slave woman of a spirit that had been helping her to tell the future, and uh, this slave woman's master had been taking advantage of that, and he was making all kinds of money using this woman. Paul and Silas had gone and had freed her of the spirit, but had also freed her of this slavery, of being taken advantage of. And of course, the the woman's master was not very happy with this because he's losing his economic opportunity. He's losing, um, taking advantage of this woman. And through a course of events, Paul and Silas end up in prison. And yet, despite their being in prison, they are praising and, and singing out to God. And this earthquake happens. Paul and Silas are freed from prison. They're, they're freed from jail. And right before they leave, all the other prisoners are on their way out. And the, the jailer is about to take his own life because he knows the consequences for losing those prisoners under his care. And Paul and Silas stop him. They end up sharing the good news with not only the jailer, but with his family. They proclaim the good news, and they baptize the jailer and his family. And so uh, the Philippians are well acquainted with these events. They have stood by Paul and, and Silas through these circumstances. And so Paul is reminding them that they have shared in this good work. So Paul is very thankful to have friends and to have co-workers for the kingdom. Now things are a little bit different for us in 2020. We don't have this client-patron um, system to, to navigate. And yet we still have some awesome co-workers that we have been working with, that we have been kind of traveling through the, these struggles, through these troubles Together, And so let me take just a moment to reflect on some of those co-workers that I have been privileged to be uh, sharing the troubles and sharing these struggles with together. We've had an awesome team of sound and tech people trying to navigate through all of this. So thank you to you that are uh, up in the balcony and down on the floor this morning that have been helping us. Uh, Mike Blizzard, Jan Bratton, uh, Phyllis Carley, and he doesn't want me to say this, I don't think, this morning. Um, to our videographer, um, uh, Jerry who's helping us this morning. There's been a number that have been in the sanctuary helping us to navigate this this morning. Karen, Missy, and Michelle have been incredibly creative in ways that they have continued to communicate with the congregation and minister with our children and youth. 
Uh, our children had uh, virtual VBS. Uh, our, they've been connecting through different means over the summer and back in the spring. And I know these, these three um, have been dreaming up new ways of continuing to connect uh, in the coming year. And so I'm thankful for the, the creativity of these coworkers. I'm thankful for the creativity of folks who have continued to help with worship, for uh, our praise team who has continued to uh, meet and, and practice and, and work together, and so thank you. I'm thankful for Dick and Judy who have been recording music not just for our use here at Spring Creek, but I don't know if, you, if you're aware of this. They've been sharing that ministry of music with the folks at Londonderry Village as well. And so I'm thankful for their creative use and continuing, continuing to bless those around them. I'm thankful for individuals who have checked in on one another who have encouraged one another in, in phone calls and cards and emails and so many other ways to continue to uh, uplift one another, continue to find ways that we can support and love one another in these troubles, in these trials, in these struggles together. I'm thankful for creative co-workers that are leading Bible studies and Sunday school classes that have found ways of continuing to connect with one another, to check in on one another. I'm thankful for ministry teams, for the deacons, for our, our board who have had to figure out ways of connecting and ministering to one another. And look, I understand, I get that things are very different. And I understand that there's a longing to find some kind of new normal. But I also want you to know that this situation hasn't been all bad either. We've seen new creativity that's forced us to get out of old ruts. New opportunities to meet with different folks and to minister and reach out in different ways. And so uh, we've been meeting over the last several months, uh, every couple of weeks, outside with our pop-up praise service. And at every one of those services, we've had uh, new people joining us, neighbors from, from down the road or, or medical students uh, from, from Hershey Med joining us for worship. And so it's been good to see uh, new and different faces at those opportunities. And, and not just different faces because half of our faces are covered up, but these are new folks that we get an opportunity to, to minister to. And so in these words out of Philippians this morning, Paul is thankful for co-workers who have shared in the trouble together. And I want you to know, I'm thankful for those co-workers too. So how has Paul been able to navigate and stay sane through all of the challenges that he faced? And if only we could think of some kind of situation around us that we could relate this to. Well, Paul says that he has learned something about how to be content. 
And Paul, when he says he's learned something, he's actually using language that was often used by mystery cults in, in the Roman world that believed they possessed secret knowledge available only to a select few. And so when Paul says, I've learned something new, it's as if he's gathering everyone in. And he says, come on in. I, I, I want to share a secret with you. It's the secret uh, about how to be content. And everyone starts to gather in. I can picture the Philippians kind of perking their ears up. We want to hear about this secret to being content. As Paul gathers them in, he says, are you ready for the secret of contentment? Here it is. I want you to listen carefully. It's Jesus. Paul says, I can do all things through him, that is Jesus Christ, who gives me strength. That's Paul's big secret. It's not really that big of a secret. Yet I want to offer a quick caution on this verse. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It is a, a quoted verse all the time. People love to, to say it. It's, it's, a, it's a motivational verse. It's great. It's wonderful. Next to John 3.16, um, Philippians 4.13 is one of the favorites. Some even just quote the first part. I can do all things. It's, it's motivational. It sounds wonderful. It's very uplifting. But let's be real for a moment. Paul doesn't say he's been able to stop dealing with hardships. Paul's had plenty uh, of times where he's had lots, where he's been blessed, and he's had lots of times where he's had nothing. He says, there's times that I've been well-fed, and there's times that I've gone to bed hungry. This is not health and wealth, name it and claim it, best life now kind of stuff. Instead, Paul is finding contentment in the middle of hard situations. Rather, this is about I'm struggling to figure out how to help my kids learn when they're in school some days and at home some days. This is about finding contentment when I've had days of being healthy and days of being sick. Or maybe I've had good days while I'm sick and bad days when I'm feeling sicker. Or I've had dream jobs and I've had other times where I've worked hard to make ends meet. Paul says there's a secret that he's found. There's something that he's learned about how to be content. Here it is. Are you ready for it? It's Jesus. See, the emphasis of verse 13 is not, I can do all things. It's not, I have the strength in and of myself. The emphasis is on Christ who gives strength to face life in all the circumstances that life brings. So how do we find the strength from Christ? How do we connect with this strength that Jesus has? Well, Paul finds it 
at one point singing praise songs from a jail cell. He finds strength. He finds strength when he's thanking sisters and brothers who are working with him for the gospel. See, Paul has learned that no matter what the circumstances of life, to put his trust, his hope in Jesus. And so maybe we find strength in reading from God's living word. That's one way that I often find strength, by, by opening up scripture and by being encouraged by how God has acted in the past and how God promises to act in the future. Maybe we find strength from Christ in remembering words from a hymn or a praise song. And during the week when we're going through hard times, we start singing that song out loud and it reminds us of the goodness of God. Oftentimes I hear my boys uh, playing downstairs or in their rooms and they'll start singing uh, a song that they've either heard on the radio or, or they've, they've heard the praise team sing. Um, and the, I hear them singing it and I love to hear those words. I hope it's imprinting on them the goodness of God, the hope of Jesus. And you know, there's other times where maybe the, the circumstances of life are just becoming incredibly overwhelming. And we need to reach out to sisters and brothers to be Christ's strength for us. You know, sometimes God's strength, God's um, healing comes in different ways, in ways that, are, that we don't imagine. Tuesday afternoon, I was having a, a Zoom call with uh, some other district pastors. And when I'm on these Zoom calls, I often grab something off my desk to kind of fidget with. Um, I just have to have something in my hands doing something with it. And so often it's a pen, and I'm kind of clicking a pen or playing with a pen. Well, this past week, uh, I happened to reach on my desk, and I grabbed, you know, one of these little bracelets that, that, that we often have and we get for, for different reasons, uh, support of different organizations or something like that. And I grabbed this bracelet off, and I, I'm not really sure where this bracelet came from. And so through this whole Zoom call, I'm just kind of playing with it. And at one point, I finally looked down, because I'm like, I'm not even sure where this came from. I looked down, and I actually read it. And on the bracelet on my desk says, be still and know. And of course, it's part of a, a, a larger um, section of scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that he is God. Now, I'm not sure where this bracelet came from. I think it came in the mail probably as part of some kind of promotional thing that kind of comes in the mail to the church every once in a while. I, I'm not sure. But at that moment, this week, at different times in my life, this statement has been so important to me to just remind me to stop, to slow down, to reflect not on my strength, not how I'm making it through these hard situations, but to reflect on the strength that comes from knowing Christ. To find my hope, to find my strength, to find my contentment. In Jesus. 
So I don't know what angel stuffed this in the mail or dropped it on my desk or however it got there. But I put it on this week and it's been just an important reminder to me. I can do all things through him, through Jesus who gives me strength. Be still and know. Know that he is God. Look, I don't know exactly what life is like for you right now. Uh, Life is a little crazy uh, for me. Life's a little crazy for my family. Uh, Our kids went back to school, such as going back to school is this week. And so for us, that meant uh, Monday and Tuesday, our kids didn't go anywhere. They stayed at home, and we tried to figure out how to get on the computer at the right time, how to help them uh, navigate being on Zoom and Google Meet and which one are we using? Which link do we click? Uh, what things are they learning this week? And then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, they actually went to school. And it was, it was a sigh of relief for all of us, to be honest. So I can't tell you how much, uh, how important it was for me to remember and to be continually reminded throughout the week, be still and know. And writing this sermon to to find my strength in Him. To find my contentment. What I know is that it's been a reminder to breathe, to remember who is God, to remember that I'm not God. To find my strength in Him. A couple of phrases that we've heard again and again this morning. In Christ alone, he leadeth me, be still and know, and through him who gives me strength. I want to take a moment to, to pause. One way that's, that's helped me to be able to stop and reflect and find contentment is something called uh, a breath prayer. Just to take moments throughout the day, maybe when life is getting crazy, a little too crazy, and we just need a moment to stop and reflect. You don't need to come up with some great, uh, sophisticated, wonderful prayer. You can just stop, breathe in, and breathe out words of Scripture to remind us who God is. So I want you to just pick one of these phrases or, or maybe another phrase that's important to you out of Scripture. In Christ alone, he leadeth me. Be still and know, and through him who gives me strength. We're going to take a moment to just practice that together. So breathe in and breathe out words of life. He leadeth me. Breathe in. Be still and know. Breathe in. Through him who gives me strength. Maybe this week that's just something that you need, a practice that you need to be reminded that despite all of the stuff going on around us, 
Jesus is Lord. That we can find our strength in him. Be still and know. Friends, brothers and sisters, co-workers for the kingdom, if you want to find contentment, it's not really a big secret. But it won't come through your own strength. You're not going to will your way to contentment. It doesn't mean that suddenly the craziness from life is going to go away. But reminding yourself of who is Lord, of whose strength upholds you, this is where Paul encourages all of us to find our contentment. Here's the benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Have a great week, Spring Creek.